Welcome to Liberty in America, Past, Present, and Future with Dr. Bill Joby. Doc is a historian and a reenactor. On this show, you'll hear his thoughts about our personal liberties from their earliest recorded beginnings. You'll also be transported back to the 1750s to relive the life of Colonel George Washington and his adventures during the French and Indian War. Let's get started. Here's Dr. Bill Choby. Hello again, Dr. Bill Choby here, talking about liberty in America, past, present, and future. Um, we're going to discuss, this is our, um, let's see, episode 14 of Liberty Lights. Uh, the basis of all well, these comments I make is found in my book, Liberty in America, Past, Present, and Future, available at many bookstores on Amazon and at our publisher's website um, and on my website, Dr. Bill Choby's books.com. That's books, plural. Today, we're going to talk about rules for radicals. And people see changes going on in our country that they don't quite understand where they're coming from. But there's a basis to it. And uh, as I go through these, I think you begin to understand and see the big picture about what is really happening here and why. This... Um, most of these movements are coming from what's called Rules for Radicals uh, that was created by Saul Alinsky probably 60 or more years ago. And he came up with a format. Incidentally, his book, Rules for Radicals, is dedicated to Satan. But the um, he came up with a, a way to deconstruct America. And um, part of this is how to uh, create a socialist state by Saul Alinsky. And I'm going to read this. So it's by quote. And this is found on a uh, website from bolenreport.com, B O L E N report.com. And you can look it up yourself. He says there are eight levels of control that must be obtained before you're able to create a socialist state. The first is the most important. Number one, health care. Control health care and you control the people. Think about that in light of COVID. Number two, poverty. Increase the poverty level as high as possible. Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back if you're providing everything for them to live. Number three, debt. Increase the debt to an unsustainable level. That way you're able to increase taxes and this will produce more poverty. Number four, gun control. Remove people's ability to defend themselves from the government. That way you're able to create a police state. Number five, welfare. Take control of every aspect of their lives, food, housing, housing and income, etc. Number six, education. Take control of what people read and listen to. Take control of what children learn in school. Think common core. Number seven, religion. Remove the belief in God from the government and schools. Number eight, class warfare. Divide the people into wealthy and the poor. This will cause more discontent and it will be easier to take, uh, which take the taxes from the wealthy with the support of the poor. So, think about all that I've said there. Just, let's just get down through this list and talk about how this is being implemented today. I first mentioned with health care. Controlling health care, of course, you know, we do that through Medicaid and Medicare to some degree. 
but you also have the influence of the regulatory apparatus uh, onto healthcare. That's not to say that there isn't some positive sides to that, but when you have uh, uh, healthcare decision makers making decisions that really belong to individuals uh, through informed consent, then it's a different story. there's the finance side of health care is a whole other issue, and health and the government pays a large portion of the health care bills in America every year through Medicare and Medicaid and through federal programs. But as we saw with COVID, health care was being controlled by a central location with Dr. Fauci and all of his triple masks and all this talk about shutdowns of government. Uh, how schools were closed and you were allowed to go out in the street and uh, demonstrate, but you, you couldn't go to church. So this is the control of healthcare. It's about taking the COVID shots, you know, the jab, and whether or not that violated the civil rights of people who were required to take it or lose their job. And we see now lawsuits are coming out against the government for doing this, and the individuals are winning because... Obviously, it's an unconstitutional effort that they had. And surprisingly, the people were scared into submission with a lot of this over, a, basically, it's just drumming up a lot of uh, fear in people. you got to be careful when the government starts talking fear because that needs control for them. Number two, poverty. Increase the poverty level as high as possible. Well, we know that. We've got people on the dole. And then once they, uh, you're providing everything for them, they pretty much will just do whatever you tell them to do. And I think the case that's uh, most uh, relevant is if you look at some of the backwood places of West Virginia, where they were hard scrabble people that were very fiercely independent, and uh, they took care of themselves and their families. Well, then came the government saying, well, we can help you. Well, next thing you know, they're offering this program and that program, and all of that uh, independent self-reliance spirit went away. Where'd it go? They sold their soul to the government. They were doing just fine before. Even if they were poor, it didn't seem to be something that was they were missed or or they they were missing part of life for it. My my parents grew up in the Depression, and uh, my dad would always say, well, we were poor, but we didn't know it. In lots of ways, that's true with a lot of these rural areas. Who's the government to come and say they have to have this, that, and the other thing? If they're content with where they are, why is it the responsibility of government to go in there and fiddle with that? Well, one of the side effects of creating poverty is government control. It's always about control. Just remember that it's always about control. You need high levels of control to create a socialist state. That's why freedom uh, is the alternative to socialism. And incidentally, while we're talking about the word socialism, uh, the, the, it is a, a mistake for the conservatives to call it capitalism because that's people don't understand what capitalism means. It would be much better to say privatism versus socialism. Uh, privatism, private property versus social property. And you get a better, clearer understanding through the use of words. Remember, words, using and crafting words is everything on this uh, you look at, like, with uh, the people that are pro-abortion, they call it a choice. But that's really not what it is. But it sounds good. You see, so word masters they are, and we have to be equally wise about this. Uh, so keep that in mind when you're uh, discussing politics with the people 
uh, who disagree with you that words mean everything. So make your your sentences clear and your policies and interpretations very clear with very precise language. Because this is all they do for a living, sit around, figure out ways to confuse you into buying what they want or what they want to offer. The third one was debt. Increase the debt to an unsustainable level. Well, we're at 34, $34 trillion in debt. Our interest payments now are around $1 trillion. The total intake of uh, funds and taxes is about $6 trillion a year. They're already spending more of that. And what will happen as they borrow money to keep this party going, it'll come to a point where the interest will eat it up. And what they're doing, and when the interest gets to where it's a greater and greater amount, it means they're going to have to cut programs. And I can guarantee you they're going to cut programs that are conservative, and they're going to push programs that increase their voting base. Things such as uh, all these social welfare programs, they'll stay, but look out with money to the uh, the uh, military, more money to law enforcement, those kinds of things are what's going to be chewed away. And if you don't believe me, just look at New York City with what they're doing there. They cut back on the cops so that they can put in more places for the uh, illegals to be housed. Uh, it's incidentally taking care of illegals every year in this country is now estimated to be $460 billion per year. And you see what's happening here. Just increase the debt to an unsustainable level. Gun control. Well, they're always on gun control, you know. They, uh, it's always about, well, it's not about deer hunting or duck hunting or anything like that. It's all about people killing each other. But it's been pretty clear that the statistics are there, the facts are there, that gun control will not solve the problems of uh, murder or suicides or you know anything else that's related with a weapon. Guns are a small number of the uh, murders that occur in this country. But they use that, particularly like these mass shootings and things like that, of course, and they're always in some um, gun-free zone. And the, and the perpetrators know this, like the schools, they're gun-free. Nobody can defend themselves from them. It's easy pickings. It's like shooting fish in a barrel as far as they're concerned. But they use that as an excuse to go after the people who have guns, the legal owners of guns, and they also are going after the manufacturers of guns. The uh, Recently, there was... Uh, a lawsuit against Remington Arms, which has been around, probably the oldest uh, gun manufacturer in the country. Uh, lawsuits went after them because they happened to use one of their guns in uh, one of the mass shootings in a school, I believe it was the Connecticut shooting. Okay. Putting them out of business. They're going bankrupt. You see, this is all about gun control. Now, we know what's happened with the price of ammo. Uh, they're trying to take lead out of the ammo, supposedly, to, to protect the environment, which is a bunch of nonsense. But by making taking lead out, then the alternative is a much more expensive one. And with what they're doing, since uh, Barry was president, uh, we've watched the, the price of a box of shells go up two and three times. I happen to have a... Um, Winchester uh, 328 short wind mag, and it's uh, it was a, a, a new uh, magnum. It's basically an eight millimeter. And when I first got it several years ago, in fact, I wanted an NRA uh, event. Uh, I use it for when I hunt big game out west, elk, mule deer, etc. 
when I first got that kind of a box of shelves was about 30, 35 bucks. We thought, wow, that's, that's a lot. And that was like in the teens, like 2013, 14 or 15 or something. And now you look at it, it's 90 bucks a box. You know, what, what changed? Well, it's government gun control in one way or another. If it's not directly on, on against the gun, it's about the money that you have to pay to keep what you have. So, how do they do this? Well, this is all part of creating a police state. Now, if you look at what they're doing to weaponizing the IRS with guns and with some of the other federal agencies, they have guns. What do you think they're getting guns for? They never needed them before. It's because this is part of the police state that they wish to impose to create a socialist state, just like Saul Alinsky predicted in his Rules for Radicals. Next one's welfare. Take control of every aspect of their lives, food, housing, and income. If you look at the some of the welfare states or some of the welfare places where you have people under third generation living off of welfare, uh, that's the only life they know. And because of that, uh, you can basically tell them to do anything, and they'll do it because they don't even know how to take care of themselves because of all the government dependency. But occasionally you'll see that there are people that can prove that they can get out of it if you have the will and desire and the faith. Um, people I can think of, like uh, Dr. Ben Carson, his family was able to get out of it. And there are many other guys like that, gals like that too. It's just that um, it's a lot easier to live on the government hammock rather than the safety net. Next there is Education. Take control of what people read and listen to. Take control of what the children learn in school. Think Common Core. Now, this goes back to when Jimmy Carter and Ed Bunch decided we needed a federal bureaucracy Department of Education. That was a big mistake because with that, then the means were there by which central control of what kids learn can be taken and run out of Washington. So what are they teaching them? They're teaching them that you don't have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, that you can't talk about God in school, you can't read a Bible in school, and that you have to accept everybody for who they are, whether it makes total nonsense or not. Uh, with all the gender stuff, they say a kid can figure out whether or not they're one gender or another. They can be subjected to uh, brutal surgeries that are irreversible uh, to put them into the next gender that they choose at a young age without informed consent to parents. Just they're being taught this stuff. These kids are even being taught that they should never listen to their parents because, well, they're old school. And the kids and the teachers in the school know more than their parents. So, And if they start telling you this, all this kind of Christian stuff, then you ought to report them. And we've seen that. We saw what happened down in Virginia with the school board meetings and how the people who objected to the trash was coming out of there over this you know, uh, common bathroom stuff. Uh, what did they do? They arrest the guy. They took him out. They drag him out because he said it was wrong to do that. I believe he had a daughter who was uh, raped in school by somebody in the wrong bathroom. So education is a big part of it. And one thing they're not doing, they're not teaching kids life school skills. Very simple stuff, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, and uh, how to balance a checkbook when they get a little older. You know, how does our economy work? Why is it when you buy something, you help somebody? It's you know, the old Adam Smith concept of uh, democracy, uh, or not democracy, but uh, the wealth of nations. Education, that's what's happening. Centralized education standards. Now, think about this for a moment. There's a kid out who lives out in the farmland of Oklahoma, 
have the same need for information, say some kid that comes from Manhattan and, and New York City. No, they don't. It's a whole different kind of life skills that can be applied uh, to have a successful life in, in various parts of the country. It doesn't have to be the same. Well, why is it they want to have it the same? Because with place, programs like Common Core, they have common control. That's all about creating a socialist state. Thank you, Saul Alinsky. Religion. Remove the belief in God from the government and schools. Now, we know the First Amendment. Thus, Congress will make no law respecting the establishment of a religion. That doesn't mean that you can't have a religion in the school or in the government. It's just that they can't make laws making an official government religion. That came about because early on, as we well know, that the, uh, the example in Great Britain of how um, the Anglican Church was pretty much controlled by the government, and whatever the government said, they did. So, you know, the organization, in fact, just a brief note on religion here. You can't put God in, in a box of religion. You can't do it. He's bigger than that. You can say that he should follow these rules and that rules, and therefore it's pleasing to God, and we'll call that a religion, say the Catholic Church, the Anglican Church, or the Baptist beliefs, or whatever have you. But that's, he's never been able to be put in a box, as much as what people say. I think the closest thing to it would be to uh, to read the Bible. And we know that that's been tampered with, too, in order to make it seem like one group or another can get power over that the power of God by saying that they're, you know, closer to them through whatever contrived uh, argument they may make. That's been going on from the get-go. But so having a belief in God also means that you have some standards in your life. And we know that the Ten Commandments was the foundation of Western civilization. So when you go teach the basics like thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not covet goods of others, thou shalt murder, you know, things like that. Those are the things that Saul Alinsky wanted to erase. And if you look at any of the countries in the world that pretend to be, you know, socialists or really communists, like Russia primarily and, and China, they don't tolerate religion. And why is it? It's because faith in God's laws and his rules and his description of life that's found in the Bible, it goes against the establishment of government by tyrants. And you, the, the old saying is that, you know, the Bible builds a safety belt of America and that you cannot constrain or you cannot conquer well, Bible-believing people. It's because they say, look, you can tell me, government, all this, all these things are right, you know, but I still don't believe it. I'll take example, transgender stuff. Government will say it's right that you have to recognize the, the needs of these transgender people, even though they're in a tiny minority more confused than anything else. But people of faith know that that's wrong. So government doesn't like that. So they try to remove as much belief in God as possible because that is the primary opposition to socialism and communism and a secular state. Number eight, class war warfare. Divide the people into wealthy and the poor. This will cause more discontent, be easier to take control. But divide and conquer is what it is. Uh, isn't it amazing how the Democrat Party is always pitting one group versus another? Well, they do a survey on this one. It's women against men or, or pro-abortion women against pro-life women. It's all about divide and conquer. If they can get enough division and have people arguing with one another, they're easier to control. 
So there you have it. How to create a socialist state. Just think about what's going on in our country today. And you can see this is the pattern that they're following. Because this came out, I believe, is in the 40s or 50s. And a lot of the people, like Hillary Clinton, I believe she wrote a paper on this when she was in graduate school. This is like the Bible of socialism. And Saul Alinsky was responsible for it. And they're, they're playing it out. Now, there's a couple others of uh, the complete list of Alinsky. And um, let me just read through these as they, they were rules by Alinsky. Here's number one. Power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. Here's another one. Never go outside the expertise of your people because it causes confusion and fear. You've got to be, feel secure about what you're talking about. So avoid things that... that uh, will make people feel insecure. And whenever possible, go outside the expertise of the enemy. Find ways to to doubt what the enemy or conservatives are saying. And, uh, of course, their favorite one is to just throw virtue up in their face, saying, look, you think you're so great, you're so imperfect. Well, here, look at this example of all your failures. Well, what they don't, you know, the, the socialists or, or liberals or progressives don't want you to know is that we're all imperfect. We all fall short of perfection, but we shouldn't let uh, a past event totally get us out of the game. They don't care what they do. They can get away with murder, they do it. So you know, when they say go outside the expertise of the enemy, it's because most of the time, conservatives who are the enemy are not prepared to deal with this stuff. Remember, all these Democrats do is sit around, figure out ways, create sentences, slogans, verbs, whatever, that goes against uh, the conservative way. That's what they do. It's that they get paid to do this stuff. They sit around and figure out ways they can take down conservatives and take down our constitutional republic. Supposedly in the in the guise of defending democracy. We all know that's a bunch of hooey. Now, that rule four, make the enemy live up to its book of rules. See, this is where they really throw it at conservatives. You get somebody who's a conservative. And they, they have, a, say, uh, an affair or something like that while they're supposedly saying, I'm a Christian conservative and I'm married to my wife, blah, blah, blah. And they have an affair. So they, what does the left do? Throws it up in your face. Oh, look at this imperfect person. Well, what a hypocrite. Get rid of him. You see, that's what they do. That's what they do. Never mind if you have Bill Clinton running around chasing every little skirt that comes by. At least one thing about conservatives, they, are, they will uh, have enough principle that they'll get a divorce in a situation like that. But you never see Hillary divorce Bill because it's all about the power. It has nothing to do with about the integrity of their relationship. And number five, ridicule is, is man's most potent weapon. So they laugh at you and, and they call you crazy names and things like that. You're a tin hat wearing uh, liberal uh, conservative with uh, getting... You know, your your messages from outer space somewhere. It's all about ridiculing anything that goes against their narrative. And when you see this, and you see a lot of this on late night TV shows, or some of the, you know, they're there to make people laugh, but they're, a lot of it is really digging, uh, it's, it's digging humor to take out or to, to get people to think that conservatives and basic uh, uh, Judeo Christian values are old-fashioned, and, and they're the smart ones. They're the good guys because they can laugh at us. So ridicule is man's most potent weapon. It's very true. 
And then here's the next one. A good tactic is one your people enjoy. So they uh, they go around saying different things that, well, we're we're having a you know, this is important because uh, we can make this difference, make society better, and, and this whole utopian idea that someday they'll create this perfect society if they just have more government. And if people get on board with that and they think, wow, that sounds really good, we'll you know, have a good time pushing these ideas. But uh, the bottom line is that, um, you know, it, it's often it's it's not necessarily something you enjoy when you when you look at uh, the conservative principles oftentimes are constraining. And for some people, that's wrong that they can't enjoy. It's, uh, for example, like the abortion stuff. OK, a lot of women want to go and have an abortion. It's their their body, their right. They want to do what they want and they enjoy being like that. But when a conservative comes along and says, no, wait a minute, that unborn American has rights, too. He said, no, you're crazy. We're having a good time doing it this way. You know, and who needs uh, birth control when you just kill the kid? Get my message. A good tactic is one your people enjoy. Number seven, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. So they don't hang around on old news. you got to keep things exciting and coming up with new tactics that also keeps the opposition off balance. Rule number eight, keep the pressure on, never let up. They don't stop. They don't stop at all. It's been attack, attack, attack. So going back to as, as long as I ever remember. And people of faith and people of conservatives just don't want to spend their whole life arguing. But that's all these people do because this is how they earn a living. So remember that they're getting paid to do these attacks where lots of conservatives aren't. They're busy with their lives. Keep the pressure up, never let up. Number nine. Threats more terrifying than the thing itself. COVID is a primary example. We're all going to die. Well, guess what happened? We didn't all die. But scaring people is a crucial crucial part to the formula to turn the country over to the socialists. Ten, if you push a negative hard enough, it'll push through and become a positive. Look at what they did to uh, Donald Trump. All that Russian hoax or, or the January 6th committee all that sort of stuff. And they push, push, push. They turned it into a TV show. And incidentally, all the, the uh, records that they've uh, of uh, investigations of the January 6th committee have disappeared. Isn't that amazing? Huh? All the real stuff has disappeared. And now there's reports of up to 200 FBI agents who are actually in the crowd stirring things up. This uh, And uh, it becomes pretty clear. But they push this idea that Donald Trump's a bad guy and he's going to throw all these lawsuits at him and these challenges and, and charges against him. And they keep push, 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 push. And uh, thinking that, well, after a while, his numbers are going to go down. But guess what? They're not. The reason they're not going down, two parts. One is that Biden looks terrible. But number two, they are beginning to understand what this is, what they're doing to Trump and why. Democrats have nothing to go on except Biden and spend more money. Their whole election strategy is to get rid of Trump because he can beat them. Has nothing to do with any positive policies and initiatives that they're offering. So if you push hard enough negative, it'll become a positive or so they think. But you can't fool all the people all the time. Abe Lincoln once said, you fool some some of the time and some all of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And this is why... Again, it comes back to people of faith who have a fundamental understanding of how the world works. You know, come to the, to the defense of truth, and eventually it will will dominate.
That's where we are now. But we can't have people of faith and conservatives sitting on their hands saying, oh, woe is me. This is terrible what they're doing. This means we have to engage engage the, the dialogue on the public side. Rule 11, the price of successful attack is a constructive alternative. So whenever you're, uh, you have a solution to a problem, you push and push and push. You have an agenda, push, push, push. Keep pushing that agenda until they get some compromise. When they, when they come to a compromise, at least they've moved forward something. It may not be a full two or three steps. It may be one, one and a half, two steps, but they figure that they're further ahead than they were before they started. And they assume that you're going to forget this stuff afterwards anyhow, but the points have the power, they're not going to let it go. Yeah, the rule 12. Cut off the support network by pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, polarize it. So you find out who the support network is, and you go after him. You go after him with, well, the DOJ and the FBI are going after him, even though it's against the Hatch Act. Uh, we have um, state agencies as well who are going against people who oppose things like this environmental nuts, environmental crazy stuff. Uh, I saw something the other day about environmental justice. What in the world's environmental justice? Justice is for people, but the environment, that means somebody's got to figure out what that means. Uh, we know what it means with people with justice, but what does it mean to say the environmental justice? So they pick the target and they freeze it and, and they're personalizing. It's like, oh, all those little critters out there and, you know, they got to save the world from us and all that sort of thing. And then by doing so, they get uh, people into their corner. Uh, let me give you another example here. It's just about this animal rights stuff. And I believe I've been a dog owner my whole life. I've owned a number of horses. My son, number seven right now. And there's... When you see these advertisements on TV about uh, from the say the, the national uh, animal rights groups about these dogs or cats that are being hurt or stuck away somewhere, and and they play all this music in the background that says, "Oh, this is so terrible." Then please send your money to here. If you ever followed up and looked where the that money went that they got, the the, the uh, executive directors very well paid for doing what is supposed to be passing that money on to. Uh, shelters and things. So if you want to support animals, support your local shelter and the heck with the national people. Now, this was, uh, all this stuff came about, because it's really true that um, the history will repeat itself. But Saul Alinsky died, what, in 1972? And uh, they were, uh, uh, they were the, the, the uh, blueprint for a lot of the people we have today, including what Barack Obama is doing. So, we have to keep this in mind that this is a concerted effort to subdue the constitutional republic. It's uh, basically destroying democracy, it's as we know it. This, of course, they call democracy a different thing than we do. But the the idea is to submit people, subdue people. And I, we, we went through this on one of our previous podcasts where we showed you with Barry Obama was... Uh, talking about this new world order stuff and this is the way to do it just get rid of everybody's rights and just sort of you know beat them down into where they have no other choice but to agree with what the, the, the national says this is how it's done
So keep that in mind when you hear any anybody from government saying we need to do this or we need to do that. Take a very skeptical view of it because what it really means when they say we need to do something is they need to go and take more power from your lives and make you more submissive to you know the, the police state that's coming. Well, I hope this has uh, been enlightening to some of you and uh, that you'll begin to understand that there's a method to the madness and all the things that we see going on between the open borders with uh, allowing people in and, and giving them all kinds of money and positions and such in order to create a permanent uh, uh, base of power, along with uh, giving people uh, the right to register to vote with a driver's license, whether they're citizens or not. Uh, the, they can stack the uh, uh, the voting rolls. Of course, they always seem to become registered Democrats. This is how they do it. We are under attack, under attack by the liberals. This is an existential threat to the constitutional republic that has given us freedom for uh, what almost uh, 200, 250 years. We have to keep this in mind. We have to take this out. We have to spread this word. Tell people that this is not the country that our Constitution designed us to be, and this is a very silent, uh, a very tacit uh, coup d'etat that's being performed by essentially from Barry Obama and all of his minions that are still in government. And of course, we know that um, Biden is just a, a puppet man for a Barry, and that the people in the White House calling the shots are really leftovers from the Obama administration, that this is Obama's third administration. This is how they're doing it, folks. I would hope that uh, all of you would, would take this to heart and uh, take the time to look very carefully at what the government's doing, particularly the federal government, when it comes time to go to the ballot box, because it, it seems pretty clear that this is the agenda for the Democrat Party, and with what they have in mind is a permanent power as themselves running a socialist state. Again, Dr. Bill Choby, we're talking about liberty in America, past, present, and future. The basis uh, of my conversation comes from the, what can be found in my book. And that is available at some bookstores, uh, online, Amazon. Uh, it's also available at my website, Dr. Bill Choby Books. Uh, uh, dot com and you can pick it up there it comes in an audio version a paperback or a hardback cover I would hope that you if you take the time to read through that and, and it can be read in an evening I, I wanted to be able to make it uh, tight enough of uh, discussion that people would remember it when they put it down rather than getting lost in all the details of, of law and policy and things like that uh, you'll be able to uh, sufficiently defend our constitutional republic from the constant uh, barrage of uh, nonsense from the left and on how uh, conservatives are bad guys or gals and that but we know that it's the constitutional republic has given us the freedoms that we have today and we watch the government chip away at those freedoms with all these crazy policies with the intent to subdue us so this is not just me going off on some tangent saying Look how terrible everything is, uh, and look how bad these guys are. There's, there's a method to this madness, and we must stand up to it. Okay, well, good talking to you again. 
Dr. Bill Chovey, Libertine America, Past, Present, Future. This is uh, episode number 14. Uh, you can find me at my website, drbillchoveybooks.com, and feel free to contact me through that medium. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.